0: And welcome to mini episode fifteen of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? We've got two awesome stories for you today. Are you ready?
1: I'm never ready for listener stories.
0: Story number one comes from Alonzo. Is there anything more cliche than a ghost story set in a school? Maybe one in a hospital or a graveyard. I've some that happened in a school that used to be a hospital. If you want, I can also write down those. But this one is in a school that used to be a house. It is one of the creepiest things that has ever happened to me. And I still get a sense of unease every time I tell it. For some time after college, I worked as an English tutor in different schools. My history degree not being what we'd call a high-demand degree for employers. I started working in a small private English school. It's a converted two-storey house in a nice neighbourhood. Nothing odd or sketchy when you look at it. Painted a crisp white with the school's logo on the side. Nice, I said to myself. At least it looks professional. I was appointed to lead conversation clubs and a couple of first-grade classes. Everything started well enough, if you don't mind the feeling of being watched while inside the toilets that feeling of not being alone, but also a bit scared of finding out who or what is keeping you company. What really bothered me were the odd stares to the glass classroom doors by a couple of students every now and then. Whenever I asked, what are you looking at? I'd get a response of, oh, nothing, by the student in question as I noticed their sideways glance towards the door while they said it. On one occasion, while giving a class to a particularly small group, I noticed one student, maybe 12 or 13 years old, turn his head down to his notebook, watching the door with quick side glances, then quickly looking back at his notes. I asked him what was wrong, expecting the usual answer. He looked at me and he said, Why does he just stand there? Who, I answered. The man outside the door. Mm -hmm. Well, my blood just congealed straight down to my toes and took its sweet time coming back up again. I can't remember what I answered, or if I did at all, but I'm sure he took my pale face and widening eyes as a reply. Conversation clubs were different from classes, Students were supposed to practice their talking and understanding skills, not so much a class as a you-can-talk-all-you-want-as-long-as-it's-an-English club. They were held every Friday from 7 to 9pm. It was the last group of the day. Classes ended at 7pm, and the front desk secretary finished her shift at 8pm, which meant I was the only staff member at the school from 8 until 9, at which time I was expected to go around the school turning off any lights left on and locked the front doors it wasn't that big of a building anyway a two-story house after all just look around for any lights left on turn them off and close the doors when the students and i left i did however have the students wait until i checked the lights before opening the front door and letting them out that way we all leave together i'd tell them yes that was the reason practicality above all else On one such Friday, after doing the rounds and letting everyone out, I locked the doors and got in my car. It was dark and not a lot of traffic. I'll be home in no time, I thought to myself. About 15 minutes in, when I stopped at a red light, I got a phone call on my mobile. Now this story is a few years back, so we aren't talking about Androids and smartphones. This was a small flip phone with a tiny bluish screen on the front, where a digital clock was displayed and changed to incoming call whenever someone called. I picked it up and flipped it open. And there it was. The caller ID. Plain as the monochrome screen flashing and lighting up inside of the car. English school. My mind raced. Oh no, did I leave someone inside? No, the students don't have my number. It must be the secretary. But she said goodnight. She left at eight. As I thought about a logical explanation, the phone stopped ringing. Oh, must be a glitch with the phone, I thought. There must be something wrong with it. I closed the phone and waited for the light to go green. And then it rang again. I answered, half hoping I'd missed the call, and half hoping it was the secretary. No such luck. There was complete silence. I then said, Hello? And that's when the static started. Low at first, but growing in intensity. The sound of heavy breathing could be heard among the static. And then someone whispered, Hello. And hung up. The next time I was in the school, I asked another teacher about what the students kept seeing. And he said, rather matter of fact, Oh, the guy in the black coat. The kids say he just stands in the doorways. I don't know. But that's why I don't do the clubs, so I don't have to be here alone, you know? (laughs) It's better to be on the safe side. Well, fuck me, I said to myself. And that was that. Friday rolled back in again. Same routine. Except this time, I realised I'd forgotten to sign the other teacher roll sheet. So I had to go back to reception and sign it. The students had all gone by then. Now behind the secretary's desk was the principal's office door also glass but covered from the inside with blinds. I was standing just in front of the door, the desk between the door and myself. As I signed my name on the papers, I caught a bit of movement inside the office, through the half-opened blinds. A shadow stood inside the office right behind the door. The blinds kept me from seeing the actual thing but I could clearly make out the silhouette and the space taken by the body standing there. I say body because it looked human, but I couldn't be sure it was human or that it ever had been. I just stood there looking at it, a feeling of unease growing and turning into a sense of menace and of being in danger, threatened. It started to growl, low at first, and then a voice I can only describe as a sound being made by something without the physical ability to make human words and sounds, but trying to do it nonetheless a screeching, rasping, coarse voice saying leave. At first it was just a whisper but growing in intensity each time it said it until it screamed leave and I felt the voice rumble inside my head and my skin crawl all the way up to the back of my scalp. It is the worst sound I have ever heard. I knew I wasn't wanted and I felt physically threatened. I turned the hallway leading to the door, wobbled my way for what felt like a kilometre, locked the door behind me, got in my car, and called the next work day to tell them that I would not be going back.
1: No, me either. Me either. Get out. Don't want any part of that. Nope. I mean, kids seeing things, you seeing things, that's enough in itself. And then getting ghostly phone calls. No thank you. not happy with that at all
0: the ghostly phone calls is the bit that fucks me up most I think like why are you calling me up on my mobile like why are you doing that don't do that I don't I don't need you to ring me when people ring me who are alive I'm like Why have you not just text me? How dare you call my phone? Just text me or email me.
1: I feel like the ghost might get a bit frustrated with me, actually, because if you're ringing and just kept going straight to voicemail and I wouldn't check the voicemail either. So it'd just be like, okay, this is a waste of my
0: haunting. Yeah, this is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. How? And you're like, he's like scratching you off the list of hauntings. He's like, there's no fucking point. (laughs) He never answers his phone. (laughs) We've tried everything. We're all out of ideas. Like,
1: (laughs) Mr. Oblivious over there. Yeah, I love that teacher, that other teacher going, oh yeah, yeah, that's why I don't do clubs, yeah. bye.
0: <laughs> See you later. <laughs> uh, Imagine sitting in your classroom and all the kids being like, why does that man just stand there? The man in the black coat. I oh, I'd feel, be like,
1: no. I feel like you would be skillful enough to just come up with a response straight away and just be like, oh, well, he, what he does is he measures the distance between the things on the windowsill um, for an audit. Yeah. And then just get on with things and then the kids would be like, oh. Okay, and then you'd be freaking out inside. But I feel like you—I don't think I would
0: be though, because I think if they said to me like, "What's what's the story with?" I I would assume that someone had been standing there and I'd miss them. Yeah, I wouldn't think I wouldn't immediately go, "Oh, you know, a haunting." I was once teaching a long time ago in a school in Dublin, and we were the the kids were talking about like ghosts and stuff, and this (laughs) (laughs) this girl in the class literally just she never spoke, and she just like sat there and she went oh, I see dead people all of the time. And I was like, okay.
1: Is she a bit Luna Lovegoody.
0: A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And then she said, my mum sees them too and so does my grandmother. And I was like, okay. And she was like, there's often a girl that I see here. And I was like, that's it. We're (laughs) done with this conversation, kiddo. (laughs) Let's move on. But the really weird thing was, you know, like if a kid says a weird thing in a classroom and all the kids are like, I can't believe you said that. The whole other kids were like, oh God. They were just—they were just <laughs> staring at her, freaked, and I was like, "I can't believe you've just said that." Have I told you about the story of the
1: video camera footage in one of the residences in this place I used to work? No. Okay. So I used to work in a in a private school or in a national school. Um, a couple of jobs. Did today. you write this story in? No. <laughs> Um, and the international school had lots of different residences in the local area so it used to buy up houses on the road and turn them into residences for the students which makes sense if they're going for sale you know you need places to put the kids fair enough but I was talking to uh, the, the one of the guys who's in charge of sort of um, like the caretaker dude there's a name for it operations head of operations I was talking to him and he was telling me about um, the video footage in one of these residences they'd been going they'd been reviewing the footage for um security like for a re- something had happened yeah like one student had accused another student of something else so they were reviewing the footage to have a look at it and they were fast forwarding through the thing and about three o'clock in the morning they were had the security camera in the common room and as they were doing it they saw this toddler walk across shut up No, okay so right let me finish the story Sorry. so they saw this toddler walk across this this main common room area at like three o'clock in the morning. And so the guy that took the head of the operations is, is well known for winding people up, right? So I took it with a bit pinch of salt and I was just like, yeah, all right, right, whatever. I won't say his name just in case for some reason he's listening. And he was like, no, no, go and speak to so-and-so. She'll, you, you'll see. And I, I went to speak to this this other lady who was in charge of the housing and she refused to talk to me about it she was so scared of it. She refused to, wouldn't even entertain a conversation with her And from that point on, I was like, okay, that is clearly, there's clearly something in that story. Cause there's no toddlers in the house. Like, Not, um, they're, they're teenagers. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and house parents who are, who are like young adults. So there's no, there's no kids in the house and they wouldn't be up at three o'clock in the morning. You'd hope anyway. And that, from that point on, I was just like, okay, that's probably a true story. I'm not going to think about that anymore.
0: How much <laughs> would you how have? You, oh, first of all, have you never told me that story before?
1: I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have, but not not since we've been doing the podcast. But I'm sure I told you quite
0: early on. I house. would shit myself. Mm. Can you imagine? You're watching because I have to do that all the time in work yeah. as well. Watch security footage for various like things that might have happened or whatever. Like, and I spend a bizarre amount of my time watching security footage, and it's it's a real like. There's a real like art to it, and there's yeah. a sort of a weird enjoyment when you're like when you're like boof got it. I have got the footage I need. Imagine watching security footage and a fucking toddler appears in it. I think the where that, there shouldn't
1: be one. The thing that made me question the the reality about it was because it was so, the incident that they were reviewing the footage for. Which is, is an aside that's not really important to the spookiness, but it was it was something really mundane. Like one of the le- one of the students had stolen another student's bread for breakfast but it had led to this massive blow-up which had led to them fighting and various other things going on that had happened so they were looking <laughs> for proof that one student had stolen some bread and that's all they were looking for so it's like a really mundane exercise and they just had to skip through the previous night's stuff to get to the morning to look at the breakfast yeah and then they saw that oh but if it had just been this guy that had told me i would have just written it off as him, having, him being on the wind-up because he's notorious for it. like he would wind me up about all kinds of things. He wants took me out of a lesson to tell me that someone had stashed one of my car tires. That's bizarre. Yeah. So it's things like that. Do you know what I mean? Where he's like, he's notorious for it, but because he pointed me in the direction of this very straight, nice lady who refused to talk to me about it. I was just like, okay, that's, there's probably some validity in that. I'm just going to ignore it now. (laughs) And I'm never going to that residence again.
0: (laughs) But there must be houses like, and places like that. Like my workplace at the moment is absolutely 100% not haunted. Like it's a new building. It's not haunted but it does have that nighttime feel to it where when you're there at nighttime, it's like, Whoa, I don't like this. This is this is a place that's usually bustling with life and now it's quiet and dark and that's quite frightening. There must be so many places that are like stuff happens that we don't know about. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I was talking to a woman recently about haunted places in Canterbury because I'm trying to find places for us to go and film when videos we people- when we're allowed to go places again. And like I've got places that are on board and that are happy for us to go in and film. Um, But there have to be like Places that that people just don't talk about publicly. You know, there's supposed to be a house, like, around this area that is horrifically haunted. And there was also somebody that messaged me about a house where that has had, like, multiple occupancies in the last, like, couple of years. Because people will come in and live there for a couple of months and then go fuck this and leave again. So, like, there are so many places that have stories attached yeah. to them that we just don't know about, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
1: But when it's somewhere you work and you have to go to every day as well, like, you know, living's, living's one thing, but it's just when you don't have a choice to leave as well. So if you're staying in the work for financial choices, financial reasons rather, or you're staying somewhere you live because you can't afford or you can't move out of it because you're tied in or whatever, that's the worst, I think. It's, it's easy. It's nice when, you you know, it's not nice, but if you experience something horrible, like paranormal, and then you can get away from it, great. But it's when you've got no choice.
0: One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Which one are you? Get on the better looking side of those odds with Il Maquillage. Using AI, Il Maquillage virtually shade matches you to the perfect foundation. Their foundation has over 50,000 five star reviews thanks to its luxe lightweight formula. And with 50 shades, there's a flawless finish for everyone. Take the Power Match quiz to find yours at slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Hi, it's Jim Ryan from the Peak Northwest podcast, and this is a StayCast from Acast. Please follow your local government's advice. I'm based out of Portland, Oregon, and even though our podcast is dedicated to the adventure and exploration of the beautiful Pacific Northwest, I'm staying close to home. While you're staying at home or practicing social distancing, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. Why not try Beat Check with The Oregonian, available on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like another story? Go for it. Story number two comes from Andrew. Greetings, Emma and Dan. I'd like to send you a story that won't be found on any other types of media I'm only sending it to the two of you it's about this beautiful picnic that we had on our family trip just kidding (laughs) I hope Dan's face lit up a little bit (laughs) the following takes place in the mid 90s in our two story home in Texas I remember the night everything started close to midnight I was listening to a record in bed with the lights off And my 14-year-old mind was being blown away with the complexity of Pink Floyd. I was fascinated with the newly discovered music and was picking out the various melodies when suddenly, through the light of the moon, I could see my closet doorknob begin to ever so slightly turn. (sighs) I thought I was just seeing things as it was late and I probably needed to rest, so I ignored it and kept listening while keeping my eyes on it a few moments later it began to twist again but this time to a full rotation my heart sank at this point and i took my headphones off and then to my absolute horror the door opened not all the way just a crack enough for someone to look at me from the closet while my heart was sinking and i felt like i was about to throw up i tried to reassure myself that the house was old and at the time the door fully shut only to immediately throw itself completely open no way. so here i am with only one option if i want to turn the lights on i have to run in front of the open closet door the door where i can feel someone is watching me from within lurking just beyond the shadows I summoned every bit of courage I could and rushed blindly to the light switch, flipped it on and of course nothing was there. The closet door is still open. After that night they started to appear. The way our house was built, the second floor balcony looked down onto the first floor. My parents had a large picture hung just above the fireplace. From time to time you could clearly see the shadow of a man leaning over the railing on the balcony observing what our family was doing. I clearly remember him adjusting his position which caused the floor to squeak or groan as if it was adjusting to his weight. My entire family saw him from time to time. You could only see him if you looked at his reflection off the glass from the picture hung above the fireplace. But this person would vanish if you got up to look. Two people could sit on the couch, both seeing the shadow figure at the same time. But if one got up to take a look, he would fade from the other person's view in the picture. The bed in my room was one of those futon sofa sleepers that you could convert into a bed. I always had mine in the sofa position just because it was more comfortable that way. The futon was a bit thin. From time to time I'd wake up feeling what I thought was an index finger repeatedly poking my back, physically moving the mattress up from under the bed, like something was laying directly underneath me, just trying to get me to look under. Although this happened a few times, I never looked. I could only imagine what I would see. One weekend, I invited a friend over for the first time, who was a little older than I was. And I thought that it was really cool that someone from the next grade up was having a sleepover at my house. Really great time, a lot of laughter, my parents ordered pizza and we were enjoying the night. A TV show was coming on that my friend liked but I had no interest in. So he watched it downstairs by himself while I was upstairs playing PlayStation. And he just joined me when the show was done. I know, I wasn't the best host. (laughs) About ten minutes later, I heard a scream downstairs. The kind of scream when someone has injured themselves, like cut themselves badly with a knife or something. Honestly, I thought that was what he did, as we often had to recut pizzas from this particular place. He comes thundering up the stairs to my room on the left. He told me that he was sitting on the couch watching television when a paper plate popped up off the table in the kitchen and threw itself at the wall behind the couch nearly hitting his head. I thought he was joking until his eyes watered up and even though it was really late, he had his parents pick him up. I knew him for years after that and he never stayed over again. Another friend and I were playing games late into the night when we both heard popping noises coming from the kitchen. No one was down there and the lights were off, so we decided to investigate. The random popping noises continued as we walked down the stairs. The cabinets and drawers on the left side of the kitchen were shut But all the cabinets on the right, the ones obscured from our view from the balcony, were all open. The popping sound was the knobs hitting together as they opened. I wasn't scared of this. I was more scared of losing another friend. But as I looked over, he had a smile and while shaken up, I could tell he was fascinated. We talked about what was happening all night and I finally got some things off my chest. Thankfully, I had met someone who would eventually come back. A few days later, I opened my bedroom door and went to turn the lights on, only to have my hand meet a lifeless hand that was covering the switch. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no warmth, just cold and almost rubbery. To this day, I can remember my fingers clumsily mingling with theirs as I fumbled for the light and about fell down the stairs due to the panic of rushing back down them. I slept downstairs that night. Another incident occurred while walking upstairs to my room so I could go to bed. I had a feeling I should look down the right to the room at the far end of the balcony. It was then that I saw the other thing in the house. At first I thought our house was on fire somewhere due to the amount of thick black smoke in the corner about three feet or maybe one meter above the ground. As I approached it a head lifted out of this softly rolling smoke, and two eyes with the ember of dying coal gave me a puzzled look. The look of, How can you see me? Then shot at a lightning speed into the bathroom directly across from it. The same bathroom that we never felt comfortable in and would gladly walk downstairs instead of using it. The movement was absolutely disgusting. Picture a glob of oil and water that's quickly rising to the surface. Now speed it up to an alarming rate and that's it. The following is when we finally broke and asked for help. My dad and siblings were out of town and I was at home with my mum. I woke up to the sound of someone running upstairs as fast as they could and barreling down the hall. A short pause at the opposite end of the hall and then back towards my room and full speed back downstairs. I grabbed my pillow and blanket timed it so that whatever this was made it to the other end of the hall and ran as fast as i possibly could down to the living room i made it to the couch just as this thing was coming down to the entryway it then turned and ran back upstairs and down the hall with enough force to shake the pictures on the walls i remember the whole house felt really strange and stagnant when i opened my bedroom door i stayed awake the entire night until the first light of morning tucked into a ball and waited. My parents' room was offset and their bed was at a distance, so this wasn't very loud from their room. It did the running pattern once more and then nothing happened. But that silence and lurking fear was awful. My mom's friend came over the following day, praying and blessing the home. Upon entering the upstairs bathroom she said a shadow swept out from the bottom cabinets and up through a small window. She didn't know about what I had seen in the corner where it went. The house was completely quiet after this, no activity whatsoever. I'm now in my thirties and just finding out about shadow people. I was really confused in the beginning by all of the scary stories as the shadow in our house appeared to be curious and he didn't appear to be evil whatsoever. Not long ago, someone asked me, What's the first thing you do if you died and there's an afterlife? My immediate answer was, Oh, I'd go back to the 90s and I'd just watch my family. I really miss those times. As I looked up into the glass of our kitchen cabinets, I saw my silhouette illuminated by the sunlight coming down the hall behind me. I was standing there, leaning over the bar. The same way that man did in the 90s who would watch our family. Was I our family's shadow man? Oh, my God. All those years ago from beyond the grave.
1: Oh, my God. That took a real turn. That wasn't what I was expecting it to end with. I was too freaked out by him reaching around to touch that. touch the oh, That has given me such higgy Reaching around to touch the light switch and there being a hand on it. Can you imagine... Just feel, oh. oh, that that messed me up. And then actually, when he got, he's a hero, right? Andrew, yeah. Yeah. When he got to the conclusion of his story, I was like, before he got there, I was like, oh my, I know where this is going. No, I can't handle that. What if, it is him, in it?
0: What if it is him? Just watching him.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that messes with your brain. So he already saw himself when he was younger. Oh, no.
0: Can I just say that I massively appreciate the effort that our listeners go in oh, go yeah. to to write in these stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, those were two... and I just need to clarify that I don't edit stories. Like, I don't, like, take bits out or go, oh, that doesn't oh. sound good. The only time I ever edit them is if a sentence doesn't flow when it's read out loud, because sometimes they don't. No. That's the only time I'll edit them.
1: Pretty much everything I write is like that.
0: <laughs> so...
1: I also can I just say quickly oh. while we were doing the whole appreciation thing, I appreciate that you set me up to think that we were talking about a picnic. One day someone will write in about a picnic and everything will be okay. Um, but instead, you just <laughs> Thanks, mess with, you just mess with my head, Andrew. So
0: <laughs> oh. I have the heebie-jeebies now.
1: I mean, I'm not like heebie out by the like him watching himself. Like it's weird. Yeah. But I am shook by the idea of reaching around to... T- when you- oh, and just feeling a uh, hand on the switch. Ooh, yeah. Can't deal with that.
0: That was like... Do you remember we had one of our earliest stories was from somebody who yeah. saw the hand reach, reach around, around to the corner and turn yeah. the light switch off and then... oh, And there was that Japanese story yeah, yeah. with the hand in yeah. the drawer. Light. No,
1: no, 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 no. In short,
0: no. we don't like hands. No.
1: No I mean like Not it's hand just, fans Oh no
0: So if you enjoyed <laughs> This week's stories You can send your own To real life ghost stories podcast At gmail.com I do need to warn you So I've gotten loads of messages lately I need to warn you that We are currently in September trickling into October of 2019 of our stories. So if you do send in a story, and I so much appreciation for all the people who are sending them in and continue sent to send them in. It will take quite a bit of time for them to be read out. But we will get to them. But we will get to them eventually. Yeah. Um. So thank you. It's and just
1: um, when we get to your story, we'll probably be saying this for the next batch of listeners. Yes. So just keep that in
0: mind. I think I need to edit my response on the emails to say it will take some time for it to be read out yeah but keep sending them in because we appreciate them so much
1: i, I don't know if i do to be honest <laughs> i mean i mean i appreciate the effort but i am shook after those two shooketh Oof.
0: so if you want to send a story like i said you can send it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com if you want to find us on instagram you can find me on instagram at real life ghost stories you can find dan on instagram
1: at 50p movie club you can
0: find us on Twitter.
1: At Real Ghost Pod.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give us a like. You can also join the supergroup which is R L G S supergroup And the password is?
1: Emmer and Dan.
0: You can support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get oodles of extra content. You can also buy our merch, the link to which is in the description. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel for more visual content. And on that note,
1: Hi, I'm Tom Merritt from Daily Tech News Show, and this is a
0: StayCast from Acast. I'm here in Los Angeles washing my hands, social distancing, trying to flatten that curve. And I hope you're pitching in, too, by following what your local government advises. While you're doing that, let me recommend a great podcast, Text Message with Nate Langston and Ian Morris, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs)